0: 10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State! Deflected into the hands of Phelps, Avery for three, hits! Cover is safe,
1: the Red Wolves have walked it off! Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the
2: Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba.
0: Another big episode coming up a little bit later on, we've got all kinds of track and field to catch you up on a big weekend across the board for a state track and field we also have that's
1: a fool's errand by the way you made a different choice of words because you can't catch up with a state track and field. no you cannot
0: you're right i'm glad you called me out on that a busy weekend for the basketball teams we'll get you caught up on that also uh signing days coming up wednesday so the football signing period about to officially close we'll Kind of get you ready for that as well. But right now, I want to welcome in our special guest today. And I've been looking forward to this visit. It's a senior from Green Bank, Queensland, Australia, from Ace State Track and Field. It's Cameron Newton-Smith. How you doing, Cameron?
2: Yeah, I'm doing pretty great.
0: <laughs> doing pretty great. Yeah. And I'll tell you why Cameron's doing pretty great. Mm-hmm. This past Thursday, she shattered her own school record and set a new Sunbelt conference record in the pentathlon. She totaled 4,356 points at the Texas Tech Multis, and she is currently number one in the country and number five in the world in the pentathlon. How cool is that to hear?
2: Still getting used to it, to be honest. It was really unexpected, so just
0: number five in the world yeah is that hard to comprehend
2: definitely i held uh number one for about two days so that was kind of fun uh, (laughs) They had a really big um multi-event week um competition in europe so you know a few people jumped me but that's fine it's fine fifth i can take that
0: when you saw your score your final score the other day did it surprise you did you know you were scoring that high
2: Um, I mean, I knew it was going to be high because after four events, I was already 30 points above what my freshman PB was. So um, I knew it was going to be really good, but didn't think it was going to be that good. So
1: I need to pump the brakes here a little bit. For people, myself included, maybe just only me, tell folks what the pentathlon consists of. Um, Good question.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So the pentathlon starts with the 60 meter hurdles and then the high jump shot put long jump 800 so it's a one day event for indoor pentathlon um, and all of your events get points depending on how well you do and then at the end it all totals up and that's your end point score
1: so basically there's a sprint in there with hurdles there's a distance run plus there's jumping and there's a throw so it's all encompassing yep Oh, you need some pole vault sprinkled in there.
2: That's the men's. Men's <laughs> heptathlon has the pole vault. We'll we'll stick with the one day without it. But yeah.
1: What's your best event?
2: Oh, changes all the time. At the moment, it's the jumps. So high jump and long jump. They're going pretty well at the moment.
0: You yeah. lead the Sun Belt, by the way, in the high jump and the long jump right now.
2: Yeah did see that it changes all the time my favorite event's javelin but that's outdoor so gotta pump the brakes on that for a second so yeah i'm really focusing on my jumps at the moment so yeah high jump was i think it was like a six centimeter pb so that was really cool and long jump's super fun at the moment so
1: six centimeters is uh, i don't know three inches yeah two plus inches yeah somewhere between two and three inches sorry my bad (laughs) So let's just let, let's stop right there. You come from Australia. I mean, how, what's the thing that confuses you the most in not using the metric system?
2: Well, when it, when it comes up in feet, I get a little confused. Got to kind of convert that. <laughs> like, um, so what's that in centimeters? You know?
1: Do you find yeah. yourself driving faster or slower than the speed limit when you're looking at miles per hour?
2: I don't drive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't drive at all.
2: I do drive. I just don't have a car here, so I, I don't drive here. Well,
0: what side of the road do they drive on in, in Australia?
2: We drive on the left.
0: What side's the steering wheel on?
2: The other side. Opposite. The other side. side. The right.
0: The right side. Yeah. Do you ever get used to that driving around here? Is that
2: uh, after a while? Yeah, okay. I get used to it. But um, when I come back straight away, I'm like, this is this is a bit strange. She'd make um, some. See
1: she'd be, She'd make some good mail carrier. She <laughs> they'd, they'd would have on the wrong side That's of the car. Right. So.
0: You're off to an incredible start in the indoor season, and we want to talk more about what you're doing as far as track and field. But we want people to get to know you and your story. So we mentioned in the open Green Bank, Queensland, Australia. What's Green Bank like? Is this a big city? Is it a small town? Where is it
2: um, in Australia? Southeast Brisbane is about an hour away from the city of Brisbane, which is the capital of Queensland, my my teammate Izzy, she's Australian. She likes to say I'm from the bush, which I guess is <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit, little bit kind of country Australian, I guess, but not quite. So small ish town. I live in the suburbs.
1: So, true or urban legend? And if it's not true, then I think uh, I'm going to blame Cody Grace for this. Then he, I know he will have lied to me. He said that people will get. A joey, a pet kangaroo, but just keep it until it just gets big enough to hop the fence, and then it's over. Yeah, it's true. True? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you Absolutely.
2: had a pet kangaroo. Yeah, I wrote, wrote, used to ride it to my school.
1: You rode a kangaroo just, to yeah. school? Yep. Oh, okay. So I didn't mean in the pouch. I thought maybe you could hopped on his back or something. So the whole pet kangaroo thing is all I think, rubbish?
2: I think Cody was kind of pulling your leg a little bit there.
1: He said he had a pet kangaroo, but it hopped the fence.
2: He might have.
0: Are there people that do have pet kangaroos?
2: Well, I mean, you, they don't really stay out of your yard. Sometimes, I guess. Yeah, they can be in your yard. So they can just you can you can claim it as a pet. They sure. can
1: just hop in. Yeah. Okay.
2: They jump pretty high. like out of fences.
1: You ever seen one punch somebody? Like there's you see videos going around.
2: Not personally, but I have watched the videos. You so. ever, <laughs>
0: ever challenged a kangaroo to a high jumping contest?
2: Absolutely not. Well, would I Would be bet.
0: a better triple jumper?
2: They'd definitely be better than me at triple jump for sure.
0: I don't know. I mean, you're you're doing pretty well right now in the jumping categories. But uh, all right. So tell me about your family.
2: I have a family of six: mum, dad, two older brothers, and older sister. I'm the youngest, so baby of the family. Fun.
0: The rest of your family are they athletes too?
2: They used to be. Uh, my brother, oldest brother, was a decathlete. My sister was a swimmer. They're all pre- they're pretty good, but um, you know. Just life took over. My brother, um, he's a teacher now. Sister's um, an exercise physiologist. Hmm. Um, She recently got married in October, so I was really happy that I could be there for her wedding. My other brother just moved down to New South Wales to work on a farm, so he's really excited about that. Um, And I just came back here, so, yeah.
1: Does the sister, it's an exercise physiologist? I mean, can she... Offer you any helpful tidbits, or how so?
2: Yeah, she does. Um, She, at the moment, does some of my um, strength and conditioning, so my gym side of stuff. Um, Really helped me with a lot of my injuries. Had a lot of Achilles tendonitis, obviously tore my Achilles. So she um, helps with that, makes sure that um, getting the right strengthening, being even, and I think it's really helped with my events and stuff. So,
0: When did you get into track and field?
2: I started when I was five in Australia. We have this program called Little Athletics and it goes from under sixes to under 17s. And you just meet like once a week, do some events, you do five events. And then that's really how I started. And you just kind of progress through that. And then you get into, you know, the open ages and you get to compete for... Mine was was Queensland Athletics, so you compete for your state and then you get to go to nationals and stuff like that. So I started training when I was about 13 maybe and I I was coached by my dad. So we really started actually like properly training when I was like 13, 14, maybe around there. Up until then I kind of just went to get out of swimming training because I hated swimming. Um, And my oldest brother was training, so I would kind of sit in the sandpit, play with the sand. Some sandcastles, tunnels, you know. Um, Might do like one little sprint to say I trained. So that was really how it started. And it's kind of just really progressed from there.
1: So you literally started in the little athletes, or you call that, but that was track and field Mm -hmm. at five. So it's not really a comparison. Like that's when kids are playing t ball or whatnot here. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Did you ever play a ball sport?
2: I did, but it was more um, through school. I didn't really do like team sports outside of school I think I might have done one year of like touch football or something like that but no I didn't I did dance when I was five did that until I was about 12 I think or 13 and I picked that up again in high school as as a subject and I yeah I swam until I was about 12 because in Australia, it's really important to know how to swim. You know, you live in an island, so um, <laughs> so mum thought it
1: was It really does
0: important. come in handy. Yeah,
2: exactly. And everyone has pools, you know, if you're going to fall in a pool, you need to know how to swim. So mum thought it was really important that we all knew how to swim. She kind of took it really far that we were actually really good at swimming. And we had to do, you know, squad and stuff until we were old enough to pick a sport to get out of that. My sister, really, she obviously stayed in it, but... I was like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to swim so I was like I'm gonna go train for athletics with dad so that
1: was will you swim now even for like for the cardio part of it or you just done
2: I did a lot um when my Achilles was painful to run I swam a lot just to try and get like some aerobic capacity back up so I wasn't starting from scratch for the 800 which I suck at so (laughs) um yeah I swam a lot then I hated it but You know, I had to do what I had to do, so that was fine.
0: Did the dance help you, you think?
2: I think it did. Um, I think it really helped, like, with jumping, you know, lots of jumping and dance. So, and when I quit...
0: Was this, like, ballet?
2: No. No, it was just, like, jazz, you know, like, fitness dance. So I think it helped with, like, my high jump and long jump and stuff, lots of jumping in it. And when I quit, I kind of struggled with those events a little bit, but obviously it came back, so it's it's fine.
0: I was reading some of your accomplishments just, you know, when you were young in high school, won a bunch of state championships there in Queensland, and then you were an Australian national gold medalist in the heptathlon four years in a row, under 15, under 16, under 17, and under 18. When did you realize that, hey, I can keep this going and go to college and do this?
2: I... I think I really realized that I could actually do well with it was when I made the World Under Twenty team, and I'd already I'd made it, and then I kind of thought about going to college. It was never really on my radar. It wasn't like I'm gonna to go to college like when I was younger, but when I you know went to World Under Twenties, I was like, didn't really want to go back to university in Australia. And I wanted to be able to focus on track. So that was when I just decided I was like, oh, I might go to college instead, join the NCAA system. You know, the, the competition over here is so much more broad. There's more people doing the heptathlon and the competition's just such a higher level and the support is insane as well. Like in Australia, we don't really get as much support. So being on a track team here, you know, we've got our treatment, we've got people looking after us, making sure we're passing our classes. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go and do that. So I'm really glad I did, obviously. Yeah.
1: So. It's interesting because, and, and I was going to ask this, but you, you ended up answering it because it, it's not like there isn't higher education in Australia, but you call it, you didn't go to university there. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying go to college, in your mind, that automatically meant I'm yeah. going to college in America.
2: Yeah, we call it uni. That's Australian uni and this is college. So mm-hmm. we don't really call it college. So
0: so you're looking at coming to college or university in the United States. Mm-hmm. How did that process go, and how did you eventually settle in on Arkansas State?
2: So my my, um, story's a little bit not what you'd expect. I didn't really look into anything. I opened my last messenger message on Facebook that I'd gotten from a coach, and it happened to be um, Coach Fining. I responded and came on a visit, really liked it, committed, came. That was about it.
0: Well, there you go. Yes, sir. (laughs) Facebook messenger coming through.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, I think I made a good choice. I liked Me it. Me too. So yeah.
0: When yeah. you came to Jonesboro, Arkansas, I mean, how much research did you do? Obviously, you came on the visit, but you know, how much different was it coming from Australia to Arkansas, and how much of an adjustment period was there for you?
2: I think the whole year was my adjustment period. <laughs> my whole freshman year. <laughs> really different but also like I can't like think of specific things that are different Country, y'all say y'all Never heard that before in my life
0: Do you say y'all now? Have you been around long Some, enough? That's part of I'm your vocabulary?
2: Joking, I might let it slip and i will be like I'm kidding, you know, that was a joke, I didn't actually <laughs> say that. No, I say it sometimes if I'm if I'm trying to fake being American, I'll say it but no, not really, I don't really say it that much
1: So,
0: do you have a fake American accent? That's one of them. Yeah, I do Let's hear it
2: Y'all, can I get some water?
1: <laughs> it's not terrible. <laughs> now,
0: that even so that, that, with, I thought pre- that was pretty good, Cameron. I,
1: I do want to ask this: even so, if you call home or it's Facetime, Zoom, whatever, and you're not like you're, you're not trying that, you're you're just talking. Do they say, "Well, your accent's all out of whack now"?
2: My, my roommate says that I uh, my Australian accent like gets thicker when I talk to my family, so probably they don't really notice i don't think when i go home and people and i tell people oh, i go to college in america they'll be like oh yeah i thought i thought you i heard an american accent i'm like no you didn't
1: <laughs> you just saying that <laughs> but.
2: well
0: it was quite a journey just to get here but you've had a heck of a journey just since you've been at arkansas state you know you go back to the 2020 indoor season you qualify for the NCAA Indoor Championships in Albuquerque. Before that, you had broke the school record in the pentathlon, double gold in the pentathlon, and the 60-meter hurdles at the Sunbelt Conference indoors that year. But the day before the NCAA Indoor Meets, COVID hits. What was that like? How much did that suck?
2: So much. (laughs) 2020, geez. Um, it just feels like so long ago, but literally yesterday, because it's so vivid in my mind. Like, yeah, you said the day before we were in Albuquerque, we were at the track. We, you know, did my shakeout, warmed up. Everyone was at the track, everyone. And then we get back to the hotel that night and they're like, it's canceled. And I was like, you had oh. gone
0: through your warm up and everything. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, we got off the plane, you know, went to the hotel, went to the track. Shaped out, warmed up, saw the track, got all my stuff, like, you know, my, my number, the water bottle merch that you get. And yeah, literally within like maybe an hour of being there, it's just a little devastating. But what can you do really? I, I remember thinking, wow, that really sucks. And then that was kind of it. I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So we came back to Jonesboro like the next day. We got on an earlier flight. and.
0: It still bothers you. Well, I was going to say,
1: if people didn't know, I was going to say, did you know before you started the last few sentences you just spoke that talking about it was still going to upset you right now?
2: Yeah, it is an emotional subject. Like, a lot of it is pretty emotional. I've qualified now, I think, for nationals three times, and I still, like, I haven't been. Like, obviously, 2020 with COVID, didn't get to go. 2021, qualified tore my Achilles, didn't get to go. So this time it's really third time lucky, third time's a charm. Hopefully I'll finally get to compete at nationals. So, yeah, it is a little bit emotional. It kind of sucks.
0: Look, you put your heart and soul into this. Yeah, you know, I think that's one thing that kind of gets left out sometimes with any athlete. But, I mean, you've got to be so passionate about it to achieve what you've achieved in your career and to have something like COVID or... Look, I was going to bring up the 2021 no, injury. Go
1: ahead, bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> the next year,
0: you mentioned it. You, you tear your Achilles. Now, this happened right before the championships, or it happened after at
2: conference.
0: Okay, but you had already qualified for national.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I had qualified. I was, I was think I was ranked maybe 12th or something, and then at conference, I started. I did the long jump the day before, and then I would started the pentathlon the next day. Got through the Hurdle, sixty hurdle race, and then in high jump, uh, yeah, tore my Achilles. Like I think five jumps into the competition, I would run my first, my like my, my fastest hurdle time in a pentathlon, and then in the high jump, just full rupture. Nothing I could do about it.
1: Yeah I mean, I've said it's a big time injury, nine months or whatever it is. I mean, did you think you were done?
2: A few times, yeah, I definitely thought that. Um, especially during rehab and like coming back the next year. So I didn't start running again until about August, I think, you know, jogging kind of really slowly on like a treadmill, did some underwater running as well. A few times I thought about it, like, am I even going to come back from this? But I did. So (laughs) I'm here competing better than I was back then. So it all turned out all right.
0: Do you appreciate competing more now that you've gone through everything that you've gone through?
2: Yeah, definitely. Every time I get to step on the track, I'm so grateful. And it just, it, everything means, like, more now that it was almost ripped away from me. So, gosh, I'm so emotional. It.
1: <laughs> it's okay? Yeah, it is. I wanted to ask one more, when I say it's about 2020, not about the Nationals or anything about that. But all of a sudden, that's you probably got to shift your focus pretty quick to, like, that's not happening okay. But now, all this other stuff is, and by the way, I live on the other side of the world. So, like, w- what happened, like, through the rest of... COVID where where were you for the rest of 2020?
2: Um, I got stuck here so the whole of summer I was on campus no one was here really it was hard training not knowing when we were actually going to get to compete again but it was also kind of nice didn't have anything like to actually really train for so I really just got to put my head down grind a little bit so when I came back in 2021 I was like really ready for it obviously competed really well qualified again and then everything you know kind of happened but kind of back to the injury I am I'm kind of grateful that it happened though even though you know it really sucked I did have a lot of pain in that Achilles like before the injury and now you know I don't have any pain so blessing in disguise I guess
0: yeah I mean look you've come back you go back to the indoor season last year you get silver in the pentathlon Last outdoor season, you set the school record. You win the gold in javelin. School record and silver in the heptathlon. And then this past December, I guess you went back to Australia and competed in a meet there and broke your own school record in the heptathlon. As soon as you get back, you know, you set a personal best in the long jump at Vandy and then what you did last week at Texas Tech. Do you feel like you're at a better point than you've been at at any point in your career?
2: Yeah, definitely. I took a semester off in the fall, you know, to be with my family. I thought that was really good um, for me because I, you know, missed two Christmases due to COVID and pri- flights, flight prices being really expensive. So got to see my sister get married, got to spend Christmas with my family and got to train the whole fall. You know, didn't have to worry about any classes, kind of got to really focus on you know what i want to do with my track train with my dad and so when i came back i obviously did that heptathlon in december competed really well wasn't quite as good as i was hoping but obviously still really good and then came back competed at vandy went really well competed yeah. at Texas, went really well so yeah i think it was a good good decision for me
1: track a little bit different from an eligibility standpoint because you can get four indoor seasons and four outdoor seasons and they don't have to all four be in the same school years so i guess we should what do you have left how much competing for arkansas state can you still do
2: i've got an indoor indoor and outdoor obviously for this year my fifth fifth year and then i still have an outdoor season after that so i could take a sixth year for an outdoor yeah just outdoor so i'd have to watch everyone compete indoor
0: where are you at in school right now have you graduated?
2: Yes. I graduated in May, bachelor of psychology. That's when I went home for a while.
0: All right, so psychology. Do you apply that to what you're doing?
2: I try to. I think um I think it sometimes helps with like my anxiety around competing, about, you know, being in blocks, staying calm during competitions, and especially in a pentathlon because it's such a long event. You're out competing the whole day whereas Other people, you know, just have that one event they get to focus on. But we, you know, train for all of these events and then it gets to the day and you've got to get through the hurdles and all the nerves and everything that comes with that and then the high jump and everything with that and and all the other events. And then, you know, obviously the dreaded 800. I think it's really helped me be able to calm calm down mid-competition and not stress out as much. So yeah, I think it helps.
1: I'm gonna use my powers of deduction to say, number one, over the course of this interview you've said, you suck at the 800 you just called it the dreaded 800 I'm guessing that's the one you like least I think it's the
2: one everyone hates the most So yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's
1: across the board
2: <laughs> Yeah, especially for me though um, you know, it's definitely not my best event I could definitely improve in it, probably where I could get the most points but you know, some girls at Texas Tech running 10 seconds faster than me so yeah, definitely something I can improve on And it's the
1: last one you do, right? Yep, yep. Well, I mean, look, you're still number five in the world. You're doing you you gotta give you gotta give them a crack at something. I mean, you gotta give you gotta give them a little sliver of hope and something. It's a big sliver. The the problem is, yeah, if it's last, it's like you've dashed that hope because you could probably have somebody push you around in a wheelbarrow for your eight hundred and still have enough points to win the thing. So, I mean, it there really is no hope for the rest of them.
0: She she doesn't know how to respond. To yeah, that.
1: that's true. Track and field is is um, it's pretty fascinating because it's a team sport in the aspect that it really is this collection of individual efforts. Is the competition friendly, or I mean, is there trash talk in track?
2: <laughs> like like at competitions, are we trash talking each other.
1: Trash talking to each other.
2: No, I can't say that we do. In multis, it's kind of more like a family orientated. Kind of thing because we're all going to different events together and it is so hard. So we all, you know, we're all kind of friends. I have a, a lot of friends in the conference um, that do the heptathlon. Maybe there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of trash cork, but not anything mean.
0: Nobody's poking each other with a javelin <laughs> or anything like that.
2: <laughs> no, definitely not.
0: 2024, Team Australia, is that something you're shooting for?
2: Hopefully. Yeah, definitely a goal that I'm definitely working towards. Definitely see how it goes. I was hoping for the world team this year, 2023, but if not, 2024, definitely.
1: Like you say that, I'm just going to be honest, with probably not the confidence I thought you'd say it in. So how tough a nut to crack is it to make Australia's Olympic team in track and field?
2: It's not necessarily making the Australian team. Like the Australian team, you know, it's hard to make. Not as hard as... USA's because the depth in USA is just insane in the multi-event like the heptathlon there's only 24 spots so obviously you get the people that qualify and then with world rankings as the next lot of people but um, only 24 spots being available it's it's really hard to make so Australia doesn't just get to send their best person you actually you have to qualify Be as close to qualify as high ranking as possible.
1: So it's about rankings. It's not like, you know, a lot of times uh, the marathon, it may be there's an Olympic mark to qualify, but it's not that. It's just you got to be top 24 in the world to get to the Olympics.
2: Yep. For the heptathlon. Like in the marathon, you know, there's so many spots, like hundreds of people Mm -hmm. run the marathon. So you get to send like three people from the country. Um, And in the 100 meter sprint, like, you know, there's so many spots that, you know, three people get to send from America and if people qualify from Australia they get to go but in like in the heptathlon it's just I, I don't want to say it's more difficult but it is like a, it's a pretty high score you have to get 6,420 I think and if you don't get that and a lot of people won't get it you have to be like the next on the ranking list I'm 24 and it's not very many people not very many spots available.
0: Well we're rooting for you. Thank you. And we were a fan from afar before but we're huge fans of you now. Yeah. yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Now, what's life after track? Do you uh, go back to Australia and become a psychologist? Uh, what's your long-term goal here?
2: After track, I'm not sure. I haven't really completely thought about it, but I think I'd like to, you know, stay in Australia, that's where my family is. Flying back and forth probably wouldn't be something I'd want to do, but um, to be a psychologist, uh, you know, as a more years of um studying that i'd have to do um have to go back to school in back to uni so yeah that's probably what i'd what i'd do back to uni get those years up and then probably settle down in australia
1: well before we we just kind of speed to after track it begs a a bigger question is the first thing you'll decide is hey am i going to take my sixth year and do another outdoor season but even beyond that i mean do you want to compete professionally for a while you'll see what happens out there trying to make a living at this
2: I do. I, I wanna make some teams. That's that's the next thing. Hopefully Olympics, hopefully worlds, maybe a world indoor. Hopefully. But yeah, that's definitely what I want to do before I get a job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Put it off as long as you exactly. can. Yeah. That's the best advice we can give you. Put off having a real job.
2: <laughs> Sounds great.
0: Well, we couldn't thank you enough for coming in today. This has been great. Now this podcast can be heard anywhere so you can say something back home to the family if you want
2: love you mom
1: yeah i do hope they're listening so let's do this (laughs) let's put a twist on it all right and in this thing with bang i i want you to send whatever message you want to send your family love to hear it but i want you to send it to them in your american accent just because we want to hear that again
2: y'all i hope you really enjoyed this podcast um i hope you're really listening Y'all love you all.
1: <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> That's pretty
0: good. You're an all American girl, Cameron. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's Cameron Newton Smith joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this.
2: When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or
1: trophies, we win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds. We're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons
0: Bank, member FDIC. And we welcome you back into the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. What a great visit with Cameron Newton-Smith. How about it? I think that's one of my favorite interviews we've done on this podcast. Yeah. And we joke about it. And we were kind of joking about it with her as soon as the interview was over, but yo, know, we were on a pretty good run of making people <laughs> cry around here. We had a good streak yeah. several months ago and it's been a while since.
1: Yeah, we were on a cold
0: snap so somebody cried during an interview.
1: And we appreciate
0: Cameron for Ending the drought.
1: There are some that you knew were coming, right? I mean, you start yeah. talking about subject matter or whatever, and you knew that it was a high likelihood. This one was a little bit out of left field. I didn't – even the first time she talked about, you know, the 2020 championship, and we, we both saw her get a little – you could see it in her eyes. Well, I thought, well, well that's the reason I even asked, you know, why do you, did that upset you, or did you know it was going to? Because I kind of thought at that point, well, she had fought it off. And, no, I mean, it, it was interesting to see just how emotional that, of all things, that, not getting a chance to compete in a national championship, what uh, the, the impact it had on her.
0: She just put so much into yeah. it. And you can see how much it means to her, and we appreciate her opening up. And
1: uh, Yes. Wh- I mean, look at that. She's crying over competing in a national championship. It's not even her nation. She wants to compete here. <laughs> That's uh, No, it was great. I mean, uh, uh, appreciate her, you know, all of that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that visit. As far
0: as the track and field team as a whole, they're on fire right now, getting into the thick of the indoor season, but this past weekend, they competed in meets in Lubbock where Cameron was, had the Texas Tech multis going on, but there were also many of our student athletes that were up in Seattle at the Washington Invitational. Throughout the course of the weekend, we had all kinds of incredible performances, but Five school records fell, and three Sunbelt Conference records fell. Colby adows we need to get him in here at some point as well, but he set a school and a Sunbelt Conference record in the heptathlon. So, great weekend for Colby. But some of the other accomplishments, Pauline Meyer sets a school record in the 3,000. Kayla Wade, right behind her, second in school history in the 3,000.
1: I've been first one for
0: that pesky (laughs) Paulina Meyer. (laughs) Rahel Bromel, she sets a school record in the mile. Imar Palmasimo wins the men's weight throw at Texas Tech. And let's see, one more here. A school record fell for the second straight weekend in the distance medley relay in Seattle. Rahel Bromel... Namibia, Clavier, Cheyenne, Melvin, and Pauline Meyer competed in that, and that's again a school record. It was second in the meet, I believe, behind Oregon, and they've got a pretty good track team.
1: Yeah, they a little bit of history there. Really, had that meet not been in the Pacific Northwest, probably would have beat Oregon. Probably, I I think think they had the home track bias there. I mean, honestly, you you sort of run out of things to say about uh, the job. Uh, coach Patchell and crew have have done uh, with that program and and it's just it's a program it just you know there's there's no end in sight because they constantly just bring and and continue to develop kind of the next wave of the big names we'll be hearing about I mean it they've, they've just got it rolling period
0: track was going on this past weekend basketball was as well I was with the men's team in Hattiesburg and Boone that's a heck of a trip (laughs) <laughs> Travel get, partners. Uh, I may get into that a little bit later on the trip itself. But the men's team losing to Southern Miss on Thursday. Southern Miss in first place right now, tied with the Cajuns. Like they're 8-2 and two now in league play. But they won that one, 73-57 over the Red Wolves. Southern Miss still perfect at home on the year. The Red Wolves were hanging around, down six at the half. But Caleb Fields and – I love Caleb mm-hmm. Fields. He was in here a few weeks ago, just a fantastic young man. But one thing maybe not all our all our fans realize is that since November, Caleb has been playing with a fractured wrist and just trying to play through the pain. And he landed on it pretty badly in that game on Thursday and was just in too much pain to finish the game. Mm. Didn't play most of the second half on Thursday. I didn't know. I mean, if he was going to be back. yeah. And Coach Bilotto even said it on the postgame show on Thursday night. He said, I don't know how long he's going to be out. He was in so much pain. It wasn't looking good. But what do you know? Caleb is right <laughs> back in the starting lineup on Saturday. The Red Wolves also are without Aladeen Butaya, the big 7-2 post player. He's out for the next four weeks with a hand injury. So there's only eight scholarship players available at the moment for this A-State men's team. And and you go back to Thursday's game, Red Wolves only turned it over nine times all night, and Southern Miss showed full-court pressure for a good part of that game, so A-State did a good job protecting the ball, but off those nine turnovers, Southern Miss scored 15 points. 15 points off nine turnovers. Red Wolves scored three points off turnovers, so that ended up being the big category in that one. And then we go to Boone on Saturday, and dropped that game 63 51 and the effort was there out rebounded app 32 29 but points off turnovers again Mm. app won that category 20 to 2 so that's 14 turnovers turned into 20 appalachian state points
1: that's 35 to 5 for the weekend so the turnovers
0: proved to be extremely costly and more costly than normal i mean nine turnovers and 14 turnovers in two games on the road yeah, aren't necessarily not a number, yeah. devastating, but Just they were the in this price. case. Yeah, he
1: paid for every one of them. And that can be any number of things. It doesn't mean that everyone was a steal and a dunk or something. I mean, but uh, for whatever reason, yeah, when, when those teams this weekend got a, a free possession, they made A-State pay for it.
0: Meanwhile, the women were at home this past week. Lost to Southern Miss on Thursday, 68-59. A game that the Red Wolves actually led by 10 at the half. What happened in that second half?
1: They played really, really well. My guess is if you would go take like the third and fourth quarter from Lafayette the Saturday before and the first and second quarters against Southern Miss, you could take those four straight quarters with an overtime sprinkle in there, maybe one of their best stretches Uh, Certainly, the conference season. They just happened to fall in two different games. And, you know, this came out in the third quarter and, you know, didn't do the things they did in the first half to get in that position. Two turnovers in the first half, 11 in the third quarter. Five fouls combined in the first half. Got called for 10 in the third quarter. So Southern Miss wasn't hitting these shots, but it kept getting to the free throw line. And and the, the free throw attempts were way lopsided. I mean, I, mean, they, they, I think they went, shot 32 free throws or something in the game. And then, you know, Arkansas State had done a, a really, really good job. They have a first-team preseason all-conference kid, Dominique Davis, who was an absolute non-factor, had been taken out of the game for three quarters. No points on over 3 shooting. And she got going in the fourth quarter like great players do mm-hmm. and uh, helped them get out of here with a win.
0: Played Marshall on Saturday, the women falling in that one, 71-59. Only eight turnovers in that game for yep. the Red Wolves, but they struggled shooting the ball, and I know that's kind of been an issue lately, shot just
1: 28%. That's the one to me that makes the least amount of sense. Of all the things this team could struggle with, I don't really know why it's shooting the basketball as often as it's been being, because they've got kids that can shoot and hit shots. and I So I'm really not sure why they're struggling to make them right now, but it's been the story. Uh, you can kind of take the, the Southern Miss game out, but a lot of these other road trips, they're – you know, they're, they're just not making enough shots, and you wouldn't think that's the issue when you look at the personnel they've got and the way you know those kids can shoot it. And then, too, once again, they took on an all-conference. I mean, Marshall's got two really, really good guards, uh, a point guard that was a Division two All-American transferred in, and uh, she nearly had a triple-double Saturday. I think like 12.10 board, 7 assists or something like that. And then Rochelle Scott's a kid from Earl that started at SEMO and transferred to Marshall she was coming off her worst game of the year at ULM Thursday she only time she'd been in single digits all year she scored four points on two of 16 shooting oh she was mad yeah and and then you know all of Earl Arkansas was in the stand Saturday and and she came out and hit her first five shots of course she did and got herself going going, yeah
0: (laughs) We'll take a look at the week ahead for A-State Athletics when we come back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this.
2: Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really Really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Looking
0: ahead to this week, the Ace Day women with their split week. They're actually playing a game on the road Thursday and then back home on Saturday. They'll start off in Conway, South Carolina. They take on the Chanticleers Thursday at 5 o'clock. They'll fly back Friday and be home, actually playing the back half of a men's-women's doubleheader on Saturday. They'll take on Old Dominion Saturday at 4.30.
1: And if you're trying to find the logic in this trip and in this schedule, or just like the one the men had last week, don't. (laughs) Because there just is none. To go all the way out to Conway, South Carolina on a Thursday and then come all the way back to Jonesboro just to play another one of the teams from way out east is a hard one to get your arms around.
0: The men return home to take on South Alabama Thursday at 7, trying to get a split in the season series with the Jaguars, and then they'll take on Coastal Carolina, only meeting with the Chanticleers this season. Coming up Saturday at 2, and again, that will start that doubleheader Yeah, Saturday Yeah, three
1: doubleheaders in February, this Saturday, and then two weeks after that on the 18th, and then there's a Thursday in between there. Men will go first on the Saturdays. Women will play first on Thursday the 16th.
0: We used to have these all the time, so yeah. kind of different to have a doubleheader anymore.
1: Yeah, we've only had one this year in the non-conference, and you know, the men played first in that one the night. The women played Oklahoma, so... Looking forward to that uh, Thursday night when the men are home, the women are on the road. We've we've had planned for a while to do a youth sports night. So on Thursday night, uh, any youngster twelve and under that's in their jersey gets in free. People that are with them get in for the group rate. Uh, it's a ten dollar ticket. And uh, what I'd say is you're listening to this, and you got a kid that might not necessarily have a jersey they compete in, but they got a jersey of some kind. Put them in that. And I'll say this, and you heard it here first for being a dedicated listener to this podcast. If the weather fools with this game on Thursday night, I will never do another promotion for kids (laughs) in the rest of my career (laughs) at Arkansas State. Why is that? One word, Halloween. <laughs> that would make you o for two if it we, yeah. It we had yeah, you know, we had a million things planned for kids on that Halloween week football game, and the weather destroyed them. You all. did, and so if it happens, you know here I and mean, I'm uh, kids. Matter of fact, we're gonna start charging kids more to get in,
0: <laughs> they're jinxing the whole thing. <laughs> also coming up uh, this week, football signing day period comes to an end. The second signing day coming up wednesday and it looks like we've got some good ones coming in
1: yeah i mean if you check out social media i mean even espn had a story about the red wolves here on monday morning as we recorded this yeah the
0: verbal commitment is from jt shroud he was the quarterback at colorado this past year and of course dion has gone into colorado coach prime bringing his son with him so The old quarterback had to look for a place. And Coach Jones had told me here in the last couple of weeks they were looking at this young man, and it looks like they've worked it out. So can't wait to see him coming up on Wednesday.
1: Well, just one point of order, which is sort of what put Arkansas State in this situation to begin with. And honestly, it's something that probably the NCAA needs to find a way to address. And I'll say this so we can get out of here. These transfer guys don't sign – in Mm-hmm. again, which is part of what put Arkansas State back in the quarterback market.
2: Yeah, they right.
1: signed Grant Aid, which you can sign with every school in the country if you want to. It's interesting that there's paperwork signed that binds the school to the kid, but there's nothing that binds the kid to the school. I don't well, know there's, if and there's going to be as much transferring as there is, there's got to be there's got to be some kind of way. I mean, I know we we've done a lot of things in the name of empowering the players, but some point in time, we may have overcorrected. And, uh, I mean, there's got to be – you know, the schools have got to have some kind of assurance that if they they get a kid that they're actually – I mean, if we get a kid out of the portal that they're actually keeping him.
0: I think there's probably been a lot of overcorrecting, and that's not the only area that (laughs) they need to go back and adjust a little bit. Anything else you need to talk about?
1: No, that's it. Just here, down – hopefully the weather will cooperate. We'll have a fun week, and if not – and uh, you, uh, you know, six months from now are having somebody ask you, why does it cost, why did it cost $38 for my eight-year-old to get in the game? Well, you can tell him you know the answer.
0: <laughs> Thanks again to Cameron Newton-Smith for coming in. Really enjoyed that visit with her. And who knows who we'll have in studio next week during our next edition of the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.